Hey, hey, welcome to the Spatulas podcast. I'm your host, Evelyn Cook, and each week we will be learning together the not-so-common knowledge things about cooking in the kitchen. This podcast is for all aspiring adults who may need a little help creating meals at home that are both safe to eat and good enough to share. In each episode, we put recipes aside and share fundamental ideas behind how food works, including cooking techniques that can be applied to anything found in your kitchen to save you embarrassment, time, and money. So let's get started. Uh, Today, I am recording back in New York. Uh, I'm excited because I've also upgraded some of my equipment. I don't know if you guys can tell, but I am speaking through a new microphone. I have some headsets and uh, a pop filter and some, you know, things that make me feel like this is a solid podcast. So I'm excited, guys. So let me know if you can tell the difference between the last couple of episodes, which I just recorded on my phone. Um, and, and this one now is with this equipment. But anyway, uh, this past week in my life, I haven't done a ton of cooking. Honestly, I am excited, though, because I've been trying to really improve my diet and really get better because being surrounded by cakes and cookies and chocolates and you name it and having the power to know how to make all these things, um, I put on a couple pounds. I can't even lie. I'm going to be fully transparent and honest with you guys. Um, But I recently had a friend of mine recommend a book, Clean and Lean by Ian K. Smith, who, if you look up his picture, you'll recognize him from VH1 Celebrity Fit Club. But um, in this book, he talks about, you know, common things that we've seen on, you know, go around in the news and on social media, um, this concept of intermittent fasting and um, really just clean eating. So he prioritizes uh, organic foods, organic ingredients um, as part of your diet, minimizing sugar, eliminating a lot of junk food, um, but then really this concept of intermittent fasting. So I'm trying not to eat past 8 p.m. every day, and I really don't start eating until about noon, maybe 11, um, but really noon. I'm usually not that hungry in the morning anyway. Um, But yeah, so I've been trying that this week. So really, I've been doing mostly sandwiches. I did have Indian yesterday for lunch, um, which was nice. It was good. Uh, um, had a, a chicken dish and a mango lassi, which is like a, a, a drink, almost like a smoothie. Um, but yeah, it's been a pretty light week as far as cooking in the kitchen. And that's okay. I think um, when it comes to preparing stuff in the kitchen, really the end goal is to be able to feed ourselves and make ourselves whole and healthy. So you don't have to be, you know, preparing the same thing every week or having, you know, so many dishes or so many sides with every meal every time. Um, Sometimes a sandwich or a hot dog or a hamburger goes a long way. So um, yeah, that's been my week. But uh, just to jump into this week's episode, um, last week we talked about chicken and meats and and fish and to tell how things have gone bad. So I really want to keep in this theme. If you missed last week's episode where we talked about the signs of knowing when your meat has gone bad, go ahead and listen to episode number three and really listen from episode number one, guys. Um, I've been talking about a lot of things and really we build on these concepts as the podcasts go on. So the more you can really start from the beginning, I really recommend you do that so that you don't miss anything because I might mention, you know, word of the day or kitchen word of the day that uh, we've talked about in a previous episode. uh, And I might forget to give you the definition again. So if you haven't listened, go back. But today, keeping in the same theme, we're going to talk about how to tell when the other things have gone 
bad in your refrigerator or in your kitchen um, because I, I think these are important things to know before you even start the cooking process. And I mentioned this in the episode before, but before you even turn on a stove or an oven or you know start cutting or even mise en placing, you really want to set yourself up with the right understanding and foundation about just how food works and how to tell if things have gone bad. Before you start cooking, you want to know immediately, like, is this safe to even start with? Have I started with the best ingredients, the best things to go with? Because your final product is only as good as the ingredients um, that you start with. So if you know at the store that something doesn't look right, you don't even have to spend your money on it. You can move to the next piece of produce or the next item. Um, and then once you do get it home, you just save yourself a lot of time and stress because you don't want to get to the end to realize, oh, wow, this tastes funny. This tastes weird. Now you're scaring yourself. You're in your mind thinking that something isn't good, but you're not completely sure. So I really want to lay this foundation. We will have plenty of episodes where we talk all about just foods and techniques, but really when it comes to food safety, I would be remiss if I did not kick us off um, really honing in this idea of how to tell if things are already bad, if they've gone bad, um, and, you know, just so we can save money, save time to get us set up in the right way. So um, to get started, and a lot of the tips that you'll hear, at least in today's episode and then last week's episode, can also be found in my ebook. Um, it's available for free now on my website, shopevelyncook.com. Um, you can see it in my show notes, but it's called Food Handling Tips for the Cooking Novice. And so I outline uh, in greater detail, um, and, and I have visuals to accompany it. So, you know, if you don't understand something I'm talking about today and you want a picture, you can go ahead and look in that ebook and download it right now. So it's just five simple tips, quick ebook, quick read. Um, I wrote it a, a little bit ago, but all the information still remains true. But to get started, we're going to talk about a couple of things today, really the main categories being dairy and eggs, because those seem to be the things that go bad relatively fast. Um, so cheese. Cheese is something that a lot of people love. Um, there's been more alternatives to cheese that don't necessarily have all the problems when it comes to getting old, like regular cheese. And, you know, there's this concept of aging cheese. So it can get a little confusing to know, okay, is this cheese safe to eat? Uh, so I'm going to break it down in a couple of different sections. So most cheeses you really shouldn't leave out of the refrigerator, um, you know, more than six hours, four hours, really. Um, most of most cheeses that you get should be refrigerated. Um, so start there, put it in the fridge, be safe. Um, when it comes to commercially packaged and processed slices of cheese, um, it usually can last for a pretty long time in the refrigerator. And just as a side note, fun fact, American quote unquote slices technically are not real cheese because of the ingredient component. A lot of times it does not qualify for the definition of cheese. It's really a man-made item. So personally, I choose to stay away from American cheese. Um, so just a, a bit of a note there, and you can uh, read more about that on your own. Uh, but yeah, so cheese slices, it usually takes a while. Um, however, you will visibly see mold on it once it starts to go bad. So it, it'll be green or it starts to look a little white. Um, and usually it'll permeate throughout all of the slices in the pack or start at the front and work its way through. Um, once you see that on the first one, go ahead and throw it all out. I, I've, I've 
you know, done it where I've looked at it and, you know, just because it wasn't physically on the last piece, you try to get by with, you know, saving the rest of the pack. No, just go ahead and throw it all away, especially if it's been a closed container. Um, that mold and bacteria is just growing throughout that package. So just go ahead and toss it all away. Um, now, when it comes to fresh cheeses, and these are, aren't as popular, I guess, for the everyday person. Um, but you know, you never know, you might have gotten a charcuterie board, or you might have gotten some things to go with wine. Um, and you wanted to just pick up some fresh cheese, um, you'll have a little bit more wiggle room here, because um, you want to know that, you know, it, with this quality, it allows for the aging process. And, you know, a lot of different cheeses want to be aged a little bit more so you can enhance the flavor profile. So here, really, it comes down to taste, honestly. So every time you go to take it, even if you tasted it just yesterday, a couple of days ago, take off a little piece and taste it. If it tastes bad, go ahead and throw it away. And that should sound simple enough. But with cheeses, people get confused, especially with specialty cheeses, if it should actually taste bad. If it doesn't taste like how it did when you first got it, um, or if it tastes off, go ahead and just throw it away. Now, when it comes to your cream cheeses, your cottage cheeses, um, this is something that can typically last a week past the printed expiration date that's on the packaging. Um, you can freeze your cream cheeses or cottage cheeses, um, but most people usually use it or it goes bad before you even think to put it in the freezer unopened, especially. I know I'm the person where I only buy these things when I need them, so they're usually opened anyway. Um, but these things, again, usually get a little bit time after what's printed on the package. So what you want to do is look in the package and to see if it's starting to separate. So the clear sign for cream cheese especially is if when you open the package and you see um, an excessive amount of separation, you might, even when you first get it, see a little bit of water separation um, around kind of the edge of the cheese of the block of cheese. But if you see a good pool inside the package or it looks yellow and the taste starts to become sour, that means it's gone bad. It throws away, throw it away immediately. Um, you don't want to see a heavy amount of liquid coming off your cream cheese. Um, it's not mozzarella. It's not something else that, you know, you don't mind a little bit of liquid. Um, and then uh, aged cheese, when it comes to aged cheese, again, the point of aged cheese is for it to be old. So um, you want to be able to taste it to experience something new, but sometimes that can get a little risky. Um, but in the case of aged cheese, and it has to say it's been aged on the packaging or wherever you bought it from, if that was the selling point. In this case, this is the only time I would say if you see a little bit of mold, you are okay to just cut away the moldy piece and continue to eat unless it tastes bad. But again, with the aged cheese and you're thinking about a, a, more, a larger block of cheese especially, not necessarily slices of aged cheese. Um, if you see mold, you can just go ahead and trim away that part and you should be relatively okay with the rest of it. Um, moving on from cheeses, ice cream is another thing that I did not know before working in a commercial environment where I was responsible for making ice cream myself. Um, and I was excited. I love making ice cream from scratch. Um, it's something I learned in culinary school, but did when I was working in a restaurant setting because um, we did everything in house. <laughs> ice cream can go bad. Um, and I know people throw the ice cream in the freezer and keep it in there for months on end, but really you'll know when it's time to throw it away. Well, number one, 
before I even know when tell you what when it's time to throw it away. Ice cream and a lot of foods uh, really don't do well with temperature abuse. So what that means is if you're constantly putting it in the freezer, thawing, thawing it out, and then putting it back in the freezer, every time you do that, that diminishes the quality of the food itself. Um, so that's chances for not necessarily bacteria to grow, but you're now changing how it tastes, the experience, the um, way that it's going to bind together back again. And that's especially true when it comes to ice cream. When you take ice cream out of the freezer, especially the first time, think about when you bought it from the store. Um, you really don't want to linger or a lollygag when it comes to getting it back into your own freezer because the more it sits outside, the more it'll not only melt, but when it melts beyond a certain point where it's more soup-like, um, it doesn't really freeze up the same way. You will have that separation of the water to where you'll start to see ice forming inside of the package. If you see the ice forming inside of the package, um, that is not a good sign. That is saying that this item has been uh, abused slightly by temperature. So if you see ice at the top, um, it might not, again, be bad to eat, but it will not be as good as it was when you first bought it and if it wasn't abused by temperature. Now, if you see ice through out the container, so you're digging past that first layer. Everything seems a little bit uh, icy when you go to taste it, um, and there's just shards. The texture's just off. That means that the whole container now has gone bad and has been abused beyond kind of repair. Um, so at that point, I just recommend go ahead and throwing it away. Uh, you might not get completely sick, but you could start to feel tummy aches or different uh, symptoms of feeling slightly sick. So don't even waste your time. If you see that, you know, an ice cream you've had in the freezer for a long time, or you've been constantly taking it in and out of the freezer and letting it get to the point where it's completely melted, um, and now it's starting to form ice throughout the container, go ahead and throw it away. Um, a similar process to what I've mentioned before is with yogurt. So if, uh, and, and again, yogurt has a bacteria growing kind of fermenting process already. Um, but when you know that this time to go away is that um, it starts to separate again. But even when you mix it up, uh, the bottom of the container starts to feel a different texture than the rest of it. So with any yogurt container, there's going to be separation, even if you bought it from fresh from the store. So usually nine times out of 10, you can go ahead and start to mix it back together to get it to emulsify. Um, and we talked about emulsify in the cake episode, but that really just means to mix it together to where all the items are now binding together. Um, but if you're, again, you're seeing while you're mixing it, that what's at the bottom really is a different texture or and it's not supposed to be like it's not a uh, something that has a flavor that's hidden at the bottom. Uh, that's when you know that this is beyond just the normal separation. This is actually starting to go bad. And then I guess uh, honorable mention, not really dairy technically, um, but eggs kind of, you know, you find it in the same section. So I want to mention it here. Eggs are an easier thing to know when it has gone bad, but it does require a couple of steps. So before you crack an egg, you can easily crack an egg and smell it. If it has gone bad, you will notice immediately there's like a very harsh smell. Um, 
or if you taste it. But before you even get to tasting it, if you are wondering if an entire carton has gone bad, say you uh, were out of your house. I had a friend of mine who reached out to me who was away from home for quite some time. And uh, when she came back home, she was worried that her whole carton had gone bad. Instead of cracking each egg and, you know, tasting it or messing up the eggs, or maybe she wasn't ready to cook the eggs at that particular moment, but she just wanted to know if they were cool or just go ahead and take it out with the rest of her trash. At this point, um, you can go ahead and grab a medium-sized bowl of water. Um, and you really want just room temperature water. It doesn't need to be boiling or anything. Room temperature is totally fine. But you want to place your egg or whatever eggs that you want to test in the bowl of water and watch it. Give it a couple of seconds. But if the egg stays um, at the bottom or on its side, uh, you're good to go. That means that it is an okay egg. However, if the egg starts to float or if it looks like it's standing up on its tip, then you know that it's starting to go bad. So if it's just standing up at the bottom, um, it's still safe to eat, uh, but it's nearing its expiration. So I would definitely recommend eating those eggs within the next day or a couple of days um, and keep testing it every time to see its progress. Um, but if the egg is completely floating to the top of the water, um, it's time to throw it away. That means that more and more air has developed on the inside and, uh, you know, the aging process of the eggs without me getting into the weeds of the technical things happening. But basically means that, again, it's bad to eat. Do not proceed. Go ahead and throw it away. So those are the big tips, honestly, about just knowing just everyday foods are bad to eat. When it comes to produce, um, again, you can really visibly see very easily that there's mold forming. So we don't have to go into too much detail, but monitor it. If you notice that your produce or your items are growing more mold um, more often, um, definitely try to buy smaller packages of it. I've realized that a lot of stores, certain items, they just sell a lot. Like the bundles and packages that they sell it in are huge. So instead of buying a bundle, if you don't feel like you're actually eating an entire bundle of, you know, spinach or whatever before it starts to look moldy or look like it's going bad, uh, see if you can buy it in a different pack or if a different supermarket near you is selling it in a different size. That way you're not wasting so much food and you're also saving money. Um, and, you know, you just kind of are more aware of what's happening with your food because, you know, the worst thing for me is to have a fridge full of food that I can't eat or I'm throwing away 90% of my groceries. So, uh, again, to really understand if your cheeses have gone bad uh, when it comes to sliced cheeses, you'll be able to see the mold from the outside. So that's pretty easy. However, when it comes to fresh cheeses, uh, you really want to understand if it tastes bad. Really, that taste is going to give you a signal to it. Um, and then aged cheeses, if you see visible mold, you're usually good. But again, these are blocked aged cheeses. So go ahead and you can cut away that mold. When it comes to your cream cheese, you'll start to see separation of the block, um, just as a recap. So if you see an excessive amount of pooling of water in your packaging, go ahead and throw it away. And then lastly, if you uh, get into your yogurts, you will see that separation and that's, that's going to happen. However, if you are starting to mix it and you see something sitting at the bottom of the cup uh, that is a different texture than the rest of the yogurt, then go ahead and throw that away. And then lastly, again, just to recap the egg test, if your egg floats, 
that means that it is a no-go. So if it, if it floats, just go ahead and throw it away. So that's the bulk of uh, the episode today. Um, this week, I really also wanted to kind of in the spirit of saving food and um, making the most of what we buy. Uh, today's kitchen vocabulary word of the day is compost. Um, if you and it, depending on where you live in the country, compost might be a little bit more common knowledge or publicly, you know, available. Like in California, I know there's like a recycling bin for your paper, a recycling bin for your glass. And then there's also a, a, a common place recycling bin or for your compost. But really compost is organic material that can be added to soil to help plants grow. Food scraps and yard waste together currently make up more than 28% of what we throw away and she should be composted instead. So making the most of compost keeps these materials out of landfills where they take up space and release methane, which is a potent greenhouse gas. Um, so really we want to eliminate this, you know, and uh, going into the greenhouse gases and keeping the environment safe is a whole other episode. However, even if you don't have a garden to use the compost for, um, compost is great, um, especially if the food hasn't necessarily gone bad, but it just might be scraps. Maybe you're cutting up a carrot. Um, it's great to save these things. I know personally, when I'm working with a lot of fresh produce and maybe I didn't need the whole bushel of uh, carrots or the whole um, head of lettuce, for whatever I was making, I'm not a big fan of just having a lot of produce around or, you know, maybe I just needed space. Um, what I usually do is freeze the ends of all my vegetables um, and, and fruits as well. I'll start to freeze them and put them in the same Ziploc bag together. And this is a great thing to do. So after a while, you've accumulated, you know, maybe it's potato skins, maybe it's some carrots and after a while, especially when it, as we're getting into winter, you can then stew or cook down all these things with a little bit of water. And now you have a broth to be able to make a soup or, you know, to be able to build on later on that you didn't have to pay any additional money for. Um, again, that's if space permits in your freezer. Everybody's situation is different, but I definitely recommend you going ahead and saving those ends versus throwing them out. Um and there's a lot of funky things you can do with any type of scraps. So, um, yeah, I definitely recommend just saving as much as you can, especially if it's not gone completely bad, if it's not molded, um, because we want to minimize the amount of stuff that we're throwing away. So hope that kitchen uh, vocabulary word of the day helps. Um, and then for our kitchen playlist, our kitchen cooking and cleaning playlist on Spotify, which will be available in the show notes as always, um, this week's addition to the playlist is Nonstop by Leslie Odom in the Hamilton cast. Uh, I recently... Uh, took advantage of Hamilton being on Netflix and fell in love with it. So Hamilton, if you haven't seen it, go watch it. Um, it is a little long, so, you know, clear out your, your evening or your weekend to, to watch the whole thing. But all the hype you've heard about Hamilton is, is, is it, it is true. I give it all to the cast and to the writers and directors, but Hamilton was great. So nonstop is going to be added to the list this week. So thank you again, guys, for listening. Um, that's all for today. You get five gold stars for adulting today um, just for being here and trying to better your knowledge of the kitchen. Um, as always, follow, subscribe, rate, review, depending on the platform you're 
you're listening to this on. Um, those really help me be able to climb the charts on the, your respective uh, platform so that more people can can learn about my podcast. And it allows me to keep doing what I'm doing and keep being able to provide these episodes to you and share it. Share this with all your friends in your network, any person that you think could benefit. Uh, don't have your friends out here spat you less while you're getting all the tools to succeed. They might be struggling. So if you know somebody that could benefit, go ahead and share. Um, but again, thanks for listening, guys, and I'll see you guys next week. Thank you.